This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Are they able to leave the confines of this temple? Uh, can they leave? 25, of course they can, because it's Simon and he's going to die. <laughs> Hello once again and welcome back to Me, Myself and Die. I am your intrepid host, Trevor DeVal. And if you like the show today, don't forget to hit subscribe and like and make a comment or uh, share it on your very various social media. That would be good. Let's just do a tiny little recap on the events of last time. Simon and Mord crept up on the village of Carpsburg by night to try and locate Sergeant Garrick and exact their vengeance upon him. But things didn't quite turn out the way that they thought it would. And it turns out that the entire town was under attack by a group of hideous centipede creatures that had infiltrated all the various buildings. Simon and Mord came across Garrick's home and he was currently under attack. They worked together to fight off these creatures and slew them, but then there was a confrontation as Mord tried to stab <laughs> Sergeant Garrick in the back. There was a big fight, and Sergeant Garrick wound up getting eaten by two more centipede creatures that appeared out of nowhere. The mouse on its head. So Simon fled with Mord out into the wilderness. Mord is currently suffering from a, a terrible wound that he is dying from. And in another hour, he's gonna have to make a vi another vigor check. And if he fails that, he is going to die. So currently, Simon's thread is, or his most immediate thread, is to get moored to the cabin safely. So let us go back now to our actual scene setup. Simon and Mord are stumbling through the woods. Simon is, uh, it's the middle of the night. Simon is trying to get Mord back to the cabin. Our chaos factor, as we know right now, is at six because things went quite haywire last time. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna roll a D10 against the chaos factor of six to see if the scene is altered or uh, uh, changed at all. And, <laughs> and in fact it is. So we have an interrupt scene. First of all, the event focus is going to be 84 which is NPC negative. That's great. That's a good start. <laughs> One to two, it's Manfred. Three to four, it's Arn. And five to six, it's Mord. And it's going to be six, of course. Of course, of course it's gonna be Mord. What is the action and subject? The action of this is 60, which is abuse. You know, we had that last time, abuse, interesting. Abuse, what? If it's information again, we're probably gonna be attacked by a giant centipede. Don't want that. 46 this time is food, abuse food. Oh, I know. Uh, last time Simon had gone hunting and he had, I don't know, presumably brought down a deer or something. So they had some rations. So as Simon and Mord is stumbling through the woods and it's like after midnight, remember I said last time it's a, it was a new moon, no stars. So it's quite dark. Uh, Mord could see in the dark, but Mord is ah, ah, too busy coming in and out of consciousness right now. And they're moving along, moving along and suddenly Mord clutches his stomach and drops to his knees. Uh, Simon goes up to him. Mort, what is, what is it? Is it the wound? And he begins to, to, to check the wound, but it, the bandages that he's put on there seems to be intact. He's, he hasn't ripped open the wound or anything like this. But Mort says, no, I cannot. And he begins to clutch his belly. Uh, uh, it was bad meat, bad meat. And he doubles over in pain. He can't even move now. And Simon thinks, uh-oh. 
Did I not cook that venison properly? <laughs> wow, uh, that, that's, gonna, that's gonna screw things up. He says to him, Maud, Maud, I know you're in pain for whatever reason, but there is no time. We, we have to get up, we have to get up. Oh, I cannot, I cannot move, Simon, just, I think as an orc, he would say something like, just kill me, end this now. No, I will not kill you. Come, on your feet, we must keep going. Is he unable to continue on a 54? Yes, he is unable. So he's just, he's lying there clutching his stomach and I think he begins to like vomit. Ooh, gross. Ah, what's Simon gonna do? He knows that unless he gets more to a place of safety to be able to properly treat his wounds, that uh, he's gonna die. And I think as, as Mord begins to throw up as well, his, his wound does open up and blood slowly begins to seep to the bandage again. Simon's gonna have to try and, and find something something around like a like a herb or something he can quickly grab maybe something that's going to settle the stomach he's got d6 survival so i'm going to make a survival check if he successfully finds something to settle to settle Mord's stomach enough to get him back on his feet, okay? So, D6 survival check. Oh yeah, there we go, beautiful, exploding six. Success with the raise. So, he says, Mord, just stay there, just just stay here, don't move. And he runs off through the night, and he's, he's looking, and he, and he sees a particular herb that he knows uh, can, be, can be chewed up, and it, it basically acts as a, like, a, like a sedative, almost, in a way. So he snips it. Here's a question, does anything happen in those few minutes that Simon is out looking for this herb. Does he come across anything in the darkness? Let's call it 50-50, because I'm not entirely sure. The answer is 90. He does not. That's actually good in this case. So, he finds the herb, he clips it off, he comes back to, to, to Mord, who's lying there, clutching his gut, uh, uh, you know, like saliva still dribbling off of his lower jaw, off, the, off the, of his lower tusks, you know. He says, here, eat this, eat this, and he, he crumbles it up, <clears throat> and he begins to uh, uh, chew it up. Uh, and Mort says to him, that is better. And then he says something that I think would be an appropriate question at this time. He says, Simon, human, why are you helping me? I am an orc. Your people and mine are enemies. Why do you not leave me to die? Mord, I, among my own people, am an outcast for crimes that I was accused of, crimes of which I am not guilty. When I was cast out of my own society, the only friend I had in the world was the half-orc whose dagger you now hold. If it was not for him, well, it is very possible I would have died alone in the woods. And though your people have been treacherous to mine over the years, I do not judge you for this. You have already proven yourself a loyal ally, and the very least I can do is try and get you to safety. I do not admire or like your people, Simon of Augustan, but you, you have proven yourself a friend to my people this day, and if I survive, I will make it known to my tribe that you are not to be touched. He gets him on his feet, and they begin to make their way back towards the cabin. Is he going to be able to get Mord to that cabin before Mord has to make his vigor roll to see if he survives? Is the cabin within a half an hour's walk? No, it is not. He can't really hustle Mord along any faster because Mord is stumbling as it is, blood seeping from the wound. As he's moving along, Mord has got to do his vigor roll. You've got to, you've got to do your vigor roll, Mord. Mord, his vigor is d8. Does he succeed? 
He does with a raise even, 11, uh, almost two raises. So he is able to get to the cabin alive. Great. Stumbling in, they stumble into the cabin. Over this, this is a different cabin that I was using before, for those of you who are paying attention. Bursts into the bedroom more, you know, uh, uh, slumps down on the bed, which is good because it means that he's probably going to survive this. Whew, finally some good news for Simon. (laughs) This reminds me of that old movie, Enemy Mine, for some reason. For those of you who aren't too young to remember that old movie from the 80s. (laughs) Anyway, so Simon is now exhausted and I think that he is just going to get some sleep. Does anything happen to disturb them in the night? I'm gonna say it's probably very unlikely that they're disturbed. They're kind of in the middle of nowhere. They're not really being chased or anything right now. So very unlikely that anything disturbs them. 95, extreme no. So not only does anything disturb them in the night, nothing disturbs them for the whole rest of the day, which means that Mord recovers pretty much fully from this wound. The next morning, as they're sitting there sort of eating their meager rations, their meager breakfast, you know, maybe Simon has gone out to, to pick some, you know, berries and find some roots or tubers or anything like that, kind of boil them up in this little tiny hunter's cabin uh, of a very limited means. So here's a question. I think that Mord, I think that he's gonna try and get back to his people. Yeah, uh, let's, let's, call that, uh, let's call that very likely. 20, yes. So he says to Simon, the time has come for me to return to my tribe. You cannot come with me. My people would kill you on sight, even if I did try to explain. It will take some time for me to see our chief and tell him that you are not to be killed. This dagger you gave me, this is not mine to wield. Take it back and remember your half-orc friend. And until we meet again, Simon of Augustan, I bid you the best of luck in these wild lands. I am pleased that I was able to make a friend of you, Mord. It is rare that humans and orcs can find such friendship in these dark times. Perhaps we will meet again. And with that, Mord finishes his breakfast, stands up, and walks out into the woods and walks out of Simon's life forever. Well, we don't know if it's forever. (laughs) He's still around, he's still on the NPC chart, but that is a uh, a lovely little way to end the scene. Okay, so we update the list. The threads, we've got more to the cabin, so we can cross that off as a thread. And the chaos factor, well, that he was largely in control, so it goes back down to five. This leaves Simon without an immediate thing to do, (laughs) except, of course, for still continuing to try and find out the fate of his parents, because if you recall, that was sort of the big thing. So, how does the new scene start? I have no idea. So what we're gonna do is, scene seven, we are going to roll a random event to start off the scene. So the event focus of scene seven, event focus is 60, which is, oh boy, PC negative. That's great, that's great. That's just what we want, dear. 12, increase 64, increase a burden. Ooh, he has left the cabin behind and he is walking through the woods. What's the, what's the temperature out? What's the day like? I'm just gonna roll a d20 and uh, the higher I get, uh, the better the weather is. It is a 19, it is a beautiful summer's day. It's warm, it's pleasant, not too hot. 
not too cold. And that is the irony as he is walking along and he's scaling sort of this large rock. When he he looks up at this rock and it's, as I said, it's just a, he's, he's climbing this rock. He looks out over the mountain valley that he can see spread out before him now. The high snow covered peaks on the far side of the valley thrust up like white fingers, you know, sort of caressing the blue sky. And he's so engaged, he's so sort of taken back and, you know, it's, it's a breathtaking sight. And he's so taken back for just a second that he steps forward and loses his footing ah! and falls down and twists his ankle. There's a sickening wrenching sound. Ah! Is it broken? I hope not. <laughs> Let's find out. Does he break his ankle? Because that would really suck. I think that's gonna be very unlikely. He's a pretty experienced guy in the, in the wilderness. We are back down to Chaos Factor 5 now. Very unlikely. Did he break the ankle or is it just a temporary sprain? Zero, s <laughs> well, zero seven is a yes. Uh, it's not an extreme yes. <laughs> okay. So the sickening sound he hears is in fact a snap. Oh boy. Ah, he cries out in pain. <laughs> sudden pain, clutching his right ankle. This is really bad. He needs to find a place to hole up. Does he gonna go back to the cabin? He knows it's safe. He's only like six hours out. I think he's gotta go back. I think he's gotta try and go back. So he uh, gets himself up and he, he, he's gonna try and fashion a crutch of some sort. He kind of pulls himself up the rock face, looking for some, some deadfall. He does have survival, so I think that's an appropriate use of that skill. If he fashions this crutch, it's gonna make things much more easy for him to get back to that cabin. If he doesn't, it's gonna be much harder. Okay, does he fashion a crutch? He does. <laughs> yes, he does. So he's able to fashion a crutch. It's not a raise, so it's just it's an okay crutch. Not the best crutch in the world, but it is a crutch nonetheless that will do the job. And he will be able to get back. It's a beautiful day. He knows the way. He's not gonna get lost or anything, but here's the thing. Does anything happen to him on the way back? If he had not been able to make the crutch, I'd make this far more likely that he does encounter something because it's probably gonna be bad. But because he made the crutch, I'm just gonna make it a 50-50 roll. Chaos factor five, 50 50, does he encounter anything on the way back? So the answer is no, he does not encounter anything. So he makes it back to the cabin after six hours, which puts us back at the end of the day now. Ugh, ugh. Here's a thing. Has anybody come to the cabin? Is the cabin occupied? I'm gonna say it's probably unlikely. Chaos Factor 5, unlikely. 96, definitely not. So this cabin is like abandoned. Whoever owned it is clearly dead or, you know, it's long, long, long gone. So there's no chance that the owner of the cabin is going to come back and find him here. He's perfectly safe. So he uh, comes back to this cabin. Uh, uh, uh. How's he doing for food? I think I've been keeping track of his provisions, haven't I? So he's down to three days rations. He's okay for now. He's got lots of water. Everything's fine. But oh boy, he's, he's broken his foot. I think that it's going to take at least several days for this thing to set. Uh, normally in real life, obviously, if you had a broken ankle, you'd be hobbled for, well, at least a month, but that's kind of boring. So we're just going to assume that it wasn't like completely broken, but it's a really, really bad sprain. He's temporarily lame, which in game terms means his basic pace is reduced by two and he rolls on only a D4 for running rolls. So he's super slow. That, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to say it's going to be 2D12 days. 2D12 days he's going to be holed up. Of course, 10 days. 10 days he's gonna be holed up. Fascinating, because he's only got three days of food left. <laughs> 10 days could pass and everything would be fine. We know that the owner isn't coming back to the cabin, but we don't know if something else is going to come along the cabin. But I think the most pressing concern right now is 
food because after three days he's going to run out. He is going to have to go hunting and that's going to be difficult to do. Lame. Lame. You're such a lame eh? Such a lame lag, Simon. So, uh, here's what happens. Three days go by, and he's not into, you know, he's, he's not uh, interfered with in this cabin. There's nobody around. There's nobody coming back to this cabin. But three days later, the last of his rations runs out. So he's going to have to make a survival roll once per day. Successful roll finds sustenance for one person. A raise, oh, a, a raise on the roll finds food and water for five adults. So here's the thing, because he is lame, and I have to be fair about this, it's going to be much harder for him to do this. So he is going to roll a uh, minus two survival. Because, you know, he's, he's hobbling around on this crutch, and he's, he, can't, he can't hunt, he can't shoot a bow, because he can't stand up. I mean, good luck trying to shoot a bow with one arm, buddy. Eh, one arm, buddy, good luck. So he's going to make survival rolls. He doesn't have to worry about the first three days, he's fine. And then on the fourth day, he makes a survival roll, and of course, he fails. Great. Humans need approximately one pound of food every 24 hours. Is that all? My God. If sufficient sustenance isn't available, a character begins to suffer from severe hunger, starting the first day after the meal was missed. So this first day, he's out there in the wilderness. He's looking. He's not straying too far from the cabin. He's, he's trying to gather food. He gets like a few little sort of bitter berries off of various bushes and stuff, but it's not enough to uh, satisfy his hunger. So he, uh, he hobbles back to the, the cabin that night, uh, collapsing into the bed. He starts to get quite hungry now. As the summer sun sets in the west and the, uh, the chill evening night here in the mountains comes pressing in. So it's 10 days until he's recovered from this thing. It's been three and that was four. Days without food is one. So the next day, he is going to get a chance to see if he can go out. He's super hungry, he wakes up so hungry, but he hobbles back out into the woods. He's looking for food. He's gonna do another survival roll here, um, but he's still at minus two because of that, because of that leg. Six exploding, two, is a total of six, so that's a success. So he's able to find food for one day. Okay. Oh, just enough to, to keep him to keep him satiated. And he, he crawls back in the, ugh. It's been five days now in the cabin. I think it's appropriate to see if anything wanders across him. You know, we have to, we have to see. We're on Chaos Rank 5. I'm gonna say it's unlikely that something comes across him, but it is always possible with a 98. No! Extreme no! There is nothing around here that's going to come across him. So, no worries about any kind of random encounters, no worries about being attacked, nothing like that. There is nobody around here at all for the duration of these 10 days. Thank goodness, finally some good news. The sixth day he goes out again, hobbling along. Now by the sixth day, he's starting to feel a little better. You know, it's been half the amount of time that he needs to heal. So I'm gonna say that his penalty now is reduced to one. He's got a little more mobility. So this is all about survival now. We know he's not gonna be attacked. We've already done, we've got the extreme no, so he doesn't have to worry about that. He doesn't know that, but we do. We know that, we know that, you and I. But he is going to see if he can find some food for five days. This would be great, but he's at minus one. Four minus one is three, he does not. So the sixth day, he's out in the wilderness again, searching, searching, he stumbles back. Ugh. He's not dehydrated. Speaking of dehydrated, let's see what the weather's doing overall over the next five days. The higher the better, nine, it's not great, but it's not terrible. So it does rain a little bit, it gets a little chilly at night, but he's able to collect deadfall from the woods and keep a fire going and uh, collect rainwater as well. So he's not gonna die of dehydration, which is actually okay. On the seventh day, if he doesn't find food, he's gonna start to accumulate fatigue. So he goes out hobbling again, looking for food, looking for food. Five minus one is four, he succeeds for that day. 
which is enough. The next day, eight days, he's going along. He's just getting a little better. He's running out of food big time. Four minus one is three. He fails this time. He has scoured the whole area for any kind of berries and he's finding it harder and harder to find more food. So on the ninth day, he's gonna have to start taking a fatigue test. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a fatigue test on this ninth day because he's had a couple days with no food there and I think that it just makes sense. He's gonna have to make a uh, fatigue test now. Vigorol with a D6 with the wild die. Oh boy, oh boy, double ones. Mm, double ones is like a bad critical failure. He gains a fatigue level. Fatigue in this game means that everything he does is gonna be at a minus one while he's at that level. This is the ninth day now, but he's just becoming like delirious with hunger and he's hobbling along. You know, he has to use the crutch less and less because his foot is getting better, but he's like, oh, he's starting to see things, starting to see, you know, he almost hallucinated a little bit. He's, he's seeing things in the wood that aren't there, but making it harder for him to try and find anything. He's like digging in the dirt, trying to find Truffles. <laughs> Let's see if he can find some food. He does a minus one and a minus one from his ailing foot. So he's still at minus two to his survival roll. That's another failure. You know what? I'm gonna have to spend the first Benny of the game to see if I can reroll this because I really need to. Here on the ninth day, does he find any food? Six, exploding six. In six is 12. Uh, six, 12, 17 minus two is 15. That is a success with eight, 12, uh, with two raises. He comes across an old hunter's stash. He's, he's delirious, he's delirious. He's, he's stumbling through the woods. He's starting to hallucinate, as I said. He's becoming despairing and he sees just the lip of an old cave and he kind of cautiously stumbles into it. You know, he, he, pulls, his, he pulls his sword in his left hand, which he's not very good with. And he, he's stumbling towards it because who knows what could be in this cave. And he, but what, what's inside is in fact this cache of old hunter supplies, dried meat, this kind of stuff. He sets two, um, um, eating almost too much, but he's wise enough to know not to eat too much. He grabs the rest and brings it back to the cabin and he will be fine for the 10th day. And after the next day, he has healed his foot. And on the 11th day, he is ready to set out once again. We're gonna end that scene there. So now we're going to determine uh, what happens next. He's trying to uh, ultimately find out the fate of his parents. Any clues as to, to where they might be. So he leaves the cabin behind. As always, we're going to create a random event. The event focus is going to be 90, which is NPC negative. 74 divide 19. New ideas. This is Arn. Okay, here's a scene. This actually, this scene doesn't have anything to do with Simon at all. And Arn Kalapunki comes across a lone orc in the wilderness. An orc with a wound, a freshly bandaged wound on his side. This, of course, is Mord. Arn Kalapunki has cornered Mord and interrogated him. And in that interrogation, he learns of Simon's kindness, of Simon's kindness to a fellow outcast, another orc, a creature that, that is just a, a monster to be slain as far as Arn is concerned. But Simon showed compassion to this creature. He healed him, he helped him, he provided him shelter and food and nursed him back to health. Mord, this orc, this savage feral beast, speaks very highly of Simon under duress, under interrogation, but he speaks very highly of Simon and Arn Kalapunki now begins to wonder. A seed of doubt is planted in Arn Kalapunki's mind. Perhaps this Simon is not the villain that 
Manfred of Dovedane has made him out to be. Perhaps Manfred of Dovedane is trying to smear Simon's character for some nefarious purpose. Well, that can't possibly be, thinks Arn. Why would Manfred have cause to lie about this person? Still, it shakes him, and it begins to challenge his resolve. Perhaps next time he encounters Simon, he may have a different outlook. Hmm. Well, that's a quick little scene. I think there's a new thread of Arn wants to test Simon's character. Moving on, let's go back and, and uh, determine another random event to see what happens with Simon here. The event focus is going to be 80. Ambiguous event. This could be anything at all. 62. Inspect. And the subject, 09. Evil. I think that he comes across like an evil temple. Is it the, ru the ruins of an evil temple? 50-50, case rank 6. 10. Extreme yes. Is this a ruined temple of necromantic power? 50-50 um, again. Could really go either way. Uh, 17. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Obviously, Simon is going to be stupid enough to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? So it's an overgrown building, like thick stone building that's completely overgrown with weeds and vines and you know, there's big cracks in it. Old, 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 old. Well, there's a number of ways we can handle this. The Perilous Wild has these dungeon charts for creating dungeons. So we can, let's, let's do that. Who built this thing? A religious sort of cult. Well, that makes sense. It is a temple. How did it come to ruin? This is an interesting question. Ooh overrun by monsters. <laughs> okay. I wonder if they were overrun by monsters of their own making. The dungeon themes, there's two themes we've determined for this. Forbidden knowledge. Well, that makes perfect sense, as necromancy would most definitely be forbidden knowledge. The other theme in here is going to be rot decay. Well, that makes sense too. It is a necromancer's temple. Big gray walls of a building built to the, uh, into the side of a, a rocky cliff face. They're completely covered in vines. Some of the trees have started to grow into the cracks of the rocks, further, further splitting some of the walls out. But he can definitely see one particular entrance. I I'm picturing like a main stone door. Now we know this place was overrun by monsters, so is the door standing open? 64, yes, the door is open. So the big stone doors are standing slightly ajar and there's a, there's a, a, a smell of rot and decay that that's coming out, like a wafting on the air in front of Simon as he looks inside. He draws his bow, strings his bow, and knocks an arrow. What does he find? We roll a little d12. It's a unique area and a danger. So he finds the main temple. Look, 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 I found a danger. Danger, unique at a danger. A creature. Makes sense, the whole place was overrun by creatures. There is a danger in here, we know it's a creature, but what I wanna do is I wanna ask the fate chart. Was it the undead themselves that overran the temple? Yes, it was in fact the necromancer's own creations that uh, overran the temple. It's a fairly large room, a large stone room with a number of dark archways leading off to various passages. He can only see by the little bit of afternoon light that's filtering in. There's a large altar at the far end of the room. Several pews broken, rotted wood pews. Uh, it looks like there was a big fight here because it was overrun by monsters. So I think that the pews, a lot of them are smashed and stuff like this is probably also the remains of many dead acolytes and possibly servants of the temple here. So there's skeletons lying everywhere. Is the danger in this room, we know it's a creature. It seems obvious to me, is the danger 
skeleton. I'd, I'd say that's likely. Boom, 85. That's exactly what it is. So he moves up. The door is ajar and he can see the remains of pews. There's uh, the bodies of dead acolytes sort of clad in these dark black robes. At the far end, there's also a altar with uh, passageways leading off uh, various directions and he can't really see in the gloom. But as he walks in, he steps in his arrow drawn, the skeletons animated by some fell necromantic power. They stand up and we go to initiative. Simon, boom, is on seven. And the skeletons are of course on the Joker. Wow, we're off to a great start for Simon already. So the skeletons, the skin is already rotted from these risen dead. They recover from shaken very easily. <laughs> they get up and they do everything with plus two this round. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna say it takes the majority of their first turn, their move action to basically rise. Uh, they're gonna take a few steps forward maybe here. Uh, but these ones, this one gets up uh, and comes at Simon and attacks him with a fighting of D6. These are just extras and he will not hit Simon. So Simon's able to kind of, whoa, just step back out of the way as this thing comes. These two uh, also begin to move forward uh, past the, you know, clambering over the wreckage of the, of the destroyed pews uh, and moving forward. And that's all they'll do for now. Uh, oh, hold on a sec. I forgot they're attacking on jokers. So that actually means it's a six. So they do hit, this guy does hit Simon. Uh, bang, which is just awesome. It's gonna do D6 and a D4 damage, but these are both plus two because of the joker. Oh my God, comes in here. Four, his toughness is six with his armor. So it basically, the claws rake on Simon's leather armor. He's freaking out by this, but he sees this thing in front of him. He's in combat with this. He drops his bow, pulls his sword and attacks. Unfortunately, minus two because drawing a weapon and attacking is a multi-action penalty. He's rolling his 2d6s and his wild die. He will miss, unfortunately, as he basically is fumbling for his sword and he's unable to, to strike true, which we go back to a new round. What was the purpose of this place? Who was the high priest? What other horrors await Simon in the depths of the temple? We will find out, perhaps momentarily, or perhaps Simon will die here. Who can say? That's the beauty of a role-playing game. This is not a movie. This is not a TV show. No, there's no script. Who can say? Simon might not make it. That's the joy of adventure. Here we go. Boom, nine, and they're on five. So he goes first, so he's going to uh, strike at the zombie and he will unfortunately miss the zombie, the skeleton, I should say. He will miss, cause he sucks. Have I mentioned that he sucks? His hand-to-hand -hand sucks. This one uh, is gonna attack him. This one, they move seven. That's gonna put him within striking range. That one is going to be just shy of striking range. So these two are gonna attack. I'm gonna roll them both at the same time. They both strike on D6s. Uh, one will, no, yes, one will hit, bang. He's gonna do D6 and D4 damage against Simon's toughness of six. Five against six does nothing. So uh, the, again, the claws scrape along Simon's armor. He's, he managed to fend off some of the attack with his sword. Uh, and now it is again, a new round. Simon is going on nine again, and they're going on 10. Of course they are, this is bad. This one ah, leaps over the wreckage. All three of them rake at him with their claws. Oh, they're all ganging up now, so they each get plus two. This is great, because the gang up bonus. Bad news. Oh, four will miss, five will hit, three will miss, one hit. D6 and D4 is go, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> 
so he gets hit for 16. His toughness is six. He's definitely gonna have to spend one of his two remaining bennies to soak for sure. Ugh. Okay, well, he'll soak one of the wounds. So he is shaken and wounded, which means that everything he does from now on is at minus one. Oy, 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 oy. He's in some trouble. Again, what a surprise. Simon's in some trouble. <laughs> by these three skeletons. Uh, he's gotta get out of here. He, he cannot take these, not by himself. There's no way he needs to get help or just flee. So he's gonna go into a fighting withdrawal. They are all gonna get a free attack on him as he runs backwards through the door. They will all miss, thankfully. Here's a question as he <laughs> leaps back through the entrance. <sighs> are they able to actually leave this temple? I think it's very, very likely actually that they are unable to leave this temple. They cannot pursue him. Uh, can they leave 25? Of course they can, because it's Simon and he's going to die. <laughs> the skeletons that have overrun the temple have decided they're going to leave the temple behind as they go after Simon, uh, but that will be a new round. If Simon doesn't get initiative on this, they're gonna come through that doorway where he maybe thinks that he's safe. He's on queen, they're on two which means he go first. He's gonna roll a d6 for running, which is three, so he's gonna move at nine, which will basically put him at the edge of this table here as he turns tail and runs. Their pace is seven, they are faster than him. So they are going to catch up to him at the edge of the woods. Ah! And they will run, but that was their whole action to get to him, but that locks him back in combat now. Is there a chance? I'm gonna ask the fate chart this. Is there a chance, however slight, Someone comes along to help him. It is possible. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the fake chart, cause I'm desperate here. Is there someone, anyone in the world that can come along at this exact moment to help Simon? I'm gonna say no way, but we gotta ask. Boom. Ah! <laughs> extreme yes, he got an extreme yes. Someone very helpful is going to come along. Let's, uh, let's find out who it is using Une. Uh, that's what I love about this system is that it just, you know, you never know it's going to come. So the modifier is 98. A dependable, well, so far so good. Dependable 27. Chieftain. <gasps> oh, I know what's going on here. Simon trying desperately to run from these skeletons and cannot seem to get there just too fast. He knows there's no way he can fight off these three when at that moment there is a growl and a roar from behind him as he turns and coming crashing through the trees is a massive orc chieftain. And beside him is Mord. And Mord <laughs> sees Simon and bellows to his chieftain, that is the human I was telling you about. He is in danger, we must help him. The chieftain grunts and comes charging into the fray. Simon goes on. King, that's better. Uh, the orcs are on 10 and the skeletons are on three. So Simon feeling much more uh, invigorated by this smashes at the skeleton in front of him. Oh, with his sword, he slashes at him. Parry of the skeletons is five, so he will hit. And he does eight, that'll shake him. And the orc chieftain is gonna be a little stronger. Yeah, he is a uh, wild card as well. Unbelievably tough. He's a wild card, he rolls d12 for fighting. And he's gonna hit with a raise. 
Boom, which means he does 2d10. 18 damage against a toughness seven, smashes that skeleton to pieces. Moored over here attacks with his d6. Explodes with a six. This is against toughness seven. He smashes. Oh, look at that. 10, 16. Uh, uh, 16 to 22. 23 damage with his scimitar just hacks through the central spine of the skeleton and just shatters it. It goes careening down to the ground into dust. There was one left. It is going to do a vigor roll plus two, five, so it will succeed, but it cannot act this round. New round. Simon. Jack, orcs, Joker, and, oh, ace. Well, the Jokers go first. These two orcs, Mord and the Chieftain, step in. They're all going to get a gang up bonus. The Chieftain, with his battle axe and his wild die, plus two because of the gang up bonus. He's going to roll five, seven, so he will hit, but it's not with the raise. Pow! He does 2d10 damage, and he's going to do 11 damage. Bang! He gets destroyed. I think this orc is someone we want to keep around. Now the skeleton is destroyed. Simon turns. Mord! Uh, how is it that you are here? Mm, that is a good question, Simon. I believe it's because the player got really damn lucky. Mm. I told my chieftain here all about what had happened to me, that you saved my life. And he told me that if we ever encountered you in the wilderness, we would help. The chieftain's name, boom. Dench. <laughs> Dench. We do not like your kind. You're lucky I don't cave your sculling right now just because. Mord says, Chief Dinch, please remember he saved me. My debt to you, Simon, is done. A life for a life. Yes, that is only fair. Although it would be very handy to have the two of you enter yonder temple with me. I have a feeling it could be filled with vast riches. Does the orc chieftain have any desire to help Simon further? So I think that they're on some sort of orky mission uh, and I don't think that they're, they're gonna uh, actually wanna take the time to help Simon any further. 59, no. Thou press your luck, human. Very well, I, I suppose that would have been far too lucky to have the two of you come into that place with me. And the chief backs away. Mord looks at Simon. I do not expect to see you again so soon, human. Perhaps we will meet again in the future. And Mord leaves with the chief, leaving Simon alone in front of the temple. Simon is not fool enough to go into that temple again by himself, but he is intrigued. Perhaps there's something in this temple that has something to do with the evil in the forest that took his, took his parents. Now his interest is peaked. He wants to go into that temple and he wants to find out more because it could be related. It could be related to the evil that took his parents. Or maybe it's not. But there's only one way to find out and that's to go in. But he's not going to do it alone and he's not going to do it today. That is where we're going to end the scene. Chaos Factor is now at seven. So characters, we have Dench. So the threads, uh, explore the necromantic temple. 
but also find allies. He needs to hire henchmen or something. He's gonna have to roll on his knowledge of wilderness to see if there is uh, any uh, towns nearby where he could hire uh, uh, mercenaries or hirelings to help him go into this because he's definitely not gonna do this alone. The good thing about Savage Worlds is that if he has a bunch of hirelings uh, that go in with him, they'll all be extras and they're all very easy to run. So it's not like I have to have a whole bunch of like fully developed NPCs. It'll be very, very basic, but he's gotta find them. He's gotta find them first. And that is going to be the subject of the next scene. So join us next time to see what happens to Simon. And remember, if you like the show, by all means, like, subscribe, comment, share on Facebook and the Twitter and the, all the various interweb sort of things. Thanks so much for watching. We will see you next time on Me, Myself, and Die.